as we forgive. You guys, when we do life together, we better get this concept of forgiveness because we're going to step on each other's toes and we're going to offend one another and we're going to hurt one another and we're going to be thoughtless and we're going to be fleshly. We're going to put our foots in our mouths. But we've got to be quick to forgive. We forgive. So it's good to keep in mind that it's not my Father and that we're supposed to do this together. So the next thing that stands out to me and the thing that I really want to be memorable, the thing that I have prayed all week long that will be memorable, that will just touch our hearts, are the first two words of this prayer. Our Father. Our Father. You guys, there's such simplicity but yet there's so much power. There's so much affection in these first two words. Our Father. Our togetherness. We come together. Our. We do this together. We do life together. We share our Heavenly Father. So what does that make us? Siblings. We're siblings. So turn to the person next to you and give them a noogie or stick your tongue out at them, or take their toy, or whatever it is that siblings do. I don't know. That's right. Tattle. Tattle on somebody. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. One of the coolest aspects of this prayer, one of the coolest things that this phrase, our Father, reminds us of is this. God listens to every person simultaneously. We can all pray. He doesn't say, pray this way. You first, you next, you next, you... No, it's we can come to Him together. He hears all of our prayers, yet He's so attentive and so focused as if we're the only ones praying. He hears us individually in the midst of a corporate prayer. This is important. This, this is the bigness of our God. Why is this important? Because if we think God only has to hear us one prayer at a time, just like we check our email, we can't check 15 emails at once, right? We can't check 15 voicemails at once or read three texts at once. But God can hear all of our prayers at once. And it's important because we need to realize that our God has time for us. Our Father always has time for us. Now, I'll admit... I wish I could say that as a dad. I wish I could say I always have time for my kids. I, I Honestly, I wish I could. Like, ah. Normally, at the end of the day, I'm like, ah. Why was I so busy with this? But our, our Father always has time for us. Our Father is good and only good. Before we pray, before we begin our prayer, we need to give thought. We need to be intentional about knowing who we're praying to. Let's not be flippant. Our Father. What does that mean? He's good. He's loving. He has time for us. Did you guys know that the idea of God being our Father is almost entirely 
a New Testament concept? Did you know that? The term Father, with respect to God, it does exist in the Old Testament. But listen to the the points of reference and listen to how Father is used. Psalm 68.5 says this. We read that God is called a Father of the fatherless and a protector of widows is God in His holy habitation. Well, you guys, nowhere in the Old Testament does anyone have the audacity, the boldness to refer to God as my Father. Nowhere. No one tells you in the Old Testament you can look to God and call Him your Father. No one has the right to do that. Who would have the right to tell you and I that the the king of the universe, that you can call him dad? Who would have the right? Only God himself. Right? Only God himself. Oh, no, no, don't, don't call me Mr. Harper. You know, call me Mark. Right? You know, whatever. I mean, you know, hey, don't, you know, don't call me pastor. Call me Mark. Hey, don't, and God going, hey, don't, don't use all this formality. Call me dad. No one ever told them that they could have that type of intimacy with God. The only person that would have the right, that would have the knowledge, that would have the knowing, would be God himself. And that's exactly why Jesus tells us to pray this way. Isaiah, Isaiah came close. Isaiah came really close. Let's read a couple of passages from Isaiah. In Isaiah 63, 16, Isaiah comes close to addressing God as our Father, but not quite. He says, For you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our Father. Our Redeemer from old is your name. He does it again in 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. How many of you guys know that there's a huge difference in saying, you, O Lord, are my Father, and saying, Father. There's a huge difference in going, you, my lady, are a beauty, and saying, We don't have to have the formalities. Now, I just I said at the beginning that we have to give thought and remembrance to who God is. We shouldn't come flippantly. We shouldn't come dishonoringly. But friends, we can come to Him affectionately. Isaiah left doubt. And how many of you guys know that God wants no doubt in the ways that we can come to Him? God wants no doubt in the ways that we can come into His presence, we can come into His arms, we can come onto His lap, we can come to Him. And He has time for us. You guys, it was Jesus who clearly, and in a way that left no doubt, addressed God as Father. Did you know that Jesus, all but one time, always 
addressed God as Father? Every time but once, when he addressed God, he addressed him as Father. Anyone know what the one time was when he did not? When he was bearing the weight of the world upon him. When Jesus was bearing the sins and the shame and the heaviness of the world upon him and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When at that moment he felt separation from God because he had to feel sin and that's what sin is, guys. He had to feel shame. He had to feel death. He had to suffer death. And that's what that is, separation from God. And in that moment he said, my God, my God. Every other time he says, Father, Isn't that awesome? In Jewish tradition, every single prayer began the same way. I I am not a Hebrew linguist, so bear with me at, at my attempt. But every prayer began with these words, Baruch Ata Adonai, Elohanu Melecha Olam. And here's what it means. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. That's how every prayer began. Blessed are you, O O Lord, our God, King of the universe. It's honoring, right? It's powerful, right? It is. But is it intimate? Is it affectionate? And then Jesus says, guys, when you pray, pray like this. Dad. How revolutionary is that? If you've prayed every prayer in your life with these formalities your whole life, and then Jesus says, no, no, no. When you pray, pray this way. Dad, our Father. You guys, it's radical. It is radical. It is revolutionary. I might as well finish the word. I bet you it had its challenges. I bet you it wasn't... I mean, there were some early adapters. You know, when the iPhone 12 comes out, you know, and someone's going to buy it the first hour. Brian's going to buy it the first hour. He's going to pre-order it. But then most of us are going to wait and see, you know, how that... You know, how, There were some probably that were like, you got it, our Father. And others were like, oof, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if that's scriptural. I don't know... Uh, Can you imagine Jesus saying, you no longer have to approach God with the formalities of tradition. But you can pray to Him as our Father. But God, I prayed my whole life declaring Him the King of the universe, the Master of the universe, God and Lord, and I've, I've, I've done it all in order, and I've done it right my whole life. And Jesus is going, yeah, I know. I, I know. But now, now, I want you to approach Him as Dad. You guys, praying this way, with this form of intimacy, devoid of formality, it's right. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rendering any judgment on other ways to pray that are more formal. I love prayer, man. Pray how, you know. But we get to come to Him with intimacy. You guys, lots of people pray. Lots of people pray. The majority of people pray, I'd say, across the world. A calling out to God. 
Christians pray. Non-Christians pray. Um, seekers pray. Pagans pray. Um, people out in the uttermost parts of the world, there's a calling out to God. I think most people pray. What's the difference? Knowing what kind of God we're praying to. That's the difference. Knowing that I'm praying to a loving Father, not an angry God, not an angry religious icon, not someone quick to punish, but a loving God who's quick to embrace and to heal and to listen. It is right to do so. It is right to pray and to approach God with that type of intimacy and affection. And it's right to do so because we are the chosen children of God by adoption. You got this right to do so, not just because Jesus said so, but because Jesus did so. Jesus is the one who would make it all possible. Our adoption into God's family, it came about through the work of Jesus Christ, the completed work of Jesus Christ. And because of the completed work of the cross of Christ, we have been adopted into the same family as Him. Ephesians 1.5 says this, In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will. Ladies, you're sons too. We have, we have male sons and we have female sons. What son speaks of is you get the fullness of the inheritance. You get the fullness of the privileges of sonship. So we, we've got male sons and female sons. We all get the inheritance in Christ Jesus. You guys, trust me. We want to pray God's will. We want to pray God's will. In God's will, there's adoption. In God's will, there's family. In God's will, there's forgiveness and grace and safety. We want to pray God's will. And check this out. Jesus says that not only can we reach out to God as our Father and address Him as such, but Jesus takes it further and says, you can call Him Daddy. Whatever the affectionate term for Father is, you can come to Him with that level of intimacy. Romans 8.15 says this, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom, once again, inclusion, togetherness, right? By whom we cry, Abba, Father. You guys, Abba, Father is the most affectionate way in this language at that time to refer to God. It is translated literally as daddy. And it's an intimate, childlike expression from a natural-born child to their father. And that's who we are. Even though we're adopted, we're adopted as natural-born children of God. Grafted into the family of God. And there's no sibling rivalry. There's no jealousy whatsoever. Not between Jesus and the children of God. 
What is your affectionate term for father? Is it papa? Daddy? Pop? Dad? Papa? We get to go to God with that, guys. Let me share one of the most humbling truths that I know of in Scripture. God loves you and me as much as He loves Jesus. We're sons, guys. We're adopted. We're we're siblings with Christ. God loves you as much as He loves Jesus. How awesome is that? That's that's mind-blowing, guys. That's humbling. But we are joint heirs. We are co-heirs with Jesus. And check this out. You can't tell me Jesus is anything other than good. Listen to what He called out to the Father. Listen to what He prayed. He prayed that the Father would love us as much as, as He loved Him. He asked that of the Father. In John 17, verse 22, He says, The glory that You have given Me, I've given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, this is Jesus talking, that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me, just like you loved me. You know, statistics would show that in this room that there's a huge spectrum covered of types of fathers that we had. In this room, there's on one really high, awesome end, there's people or a person that had the most phenomenal dad. The most phenomenal, trustworthy, praiseworthy edifying, encouraging, providing, loving, affectionate father. Someone in this room had that dad. And then statistics would show with the amount of people in this room that someone in this room had the biggest dirt bag in the history of dirt bags. The worst father you could imagine. Neglectful and hurtful and and then everything in between. So, when we talk about Father, it means different things to different people. That's why I'm driving home the point of what kind of Father our Father is. Our Father, who art in heaven. He's a heavenly Father, guys. He's not an earthly Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father is a heavenly Father who is worthy of praise. And His name is not just His name. His name is His character. His name is His righteousness. His name is His integrity. And that's the Father we serve, guys. So, if you had this Father, the total awesome, praiseworthy one, you guys, that's so awesome. But what if you had this one? Then set your eyes on your heavenly Father who's not like this one at all, or not like this one at all, or not like this one at all, and is even better than this one. 
our Father is good and only good. And that's why we can sing songs about Him being perfect in every way. But that's the one we look to, guys. That's the one we can trust. That's the one we can be vulnerable with. That's the one we can say, Dad, what a day. He's like, come here. Let me tell you all about it. Tell me all about it. And He always has time for us, and He's always good. 